Hello, everybody, and welcome to Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. This is episode number 42, and I'd like to give a birthday shout-out to the one and only Dr. Jenny Lagon. And she was one of the... She, she was the only woman to ever partner with Bill Bojangles Robinson on screen. He partnered, obviously, with, like, Shirley Temple, but she was the only person that partnered with him on, you know, as a partner's dance. And so I would like to give a shout-out to her, and I had a chance to meet her back in July of 2004, and we realized we shared a birthday, and yes, I wanted to say happy birthday to Dr. Jenny Lagon. <sighs> Wonderful. Okay. Moving on, this weekend, I also had my birthday on the same date. It was on the 14th. It was on Friday. It was, a, it was kind of a gloomy day here in Minnesota. It was kind of stormy, actually. Oh, I hear, some, I hear some sirens going off in the background, if you hear those on here. You hear that? Yes. All right. Well, they're, they're, they've almost found us, so I better be quick with this. I just wanted to give... A quick birthday shout out, but I also wanted to let you all know that I was able to achieve my goal of getting the website up by my birthday. Now, I'm not claiming that this website is the final version because it's not. This is not the finished product yet. However, I wanted to tell all of you, I'm not going to make an announcement online yet. I'm going to give a little bit of time, but I want to check in with you, the listeners. The listeners of this podcast, I would like to hear from you. What do you think of it so far? Please go check it out. Have tap shoes, will travel.com. It's up, all right? It's in the world. And I would like to also put a resource page on there. I want to put a, a footage page on there where you can watch different tap clips. But let me know what you'd like to see. I'd, I'd like to hear from you. I want to make a site that's conducive to something that you'd want to go and visit and check out and return and check out again. All right. We will have more podcast episodes listed on there as well. Right now I've got the very first one and I've got a sort of embedded anchor player on there. So you can listen to the current episode and then, you know, go and subscribe. All the social media links are on there. I'm, you know, it took me a little while to build this. So I, I really hope you dig it. I, I built it on Squarespace. I get no plugs for telling you it, but you know, it's, it's possible to do, and that was part of it. I needed to prove to myself that I could get this done, and I'm announcing it today on this episode. The website is now up. It's open for business, and I need to hear from you. I want to make it even better before we tell the whole world about it, all right? So help me dial it in a little bit. Let me know what you think, and I can't wait to hear from you. If you hit me up at rick at travel dot com or you can also go on to anchor.fm and you type in have tap shoes will travel there's an area on there where you can just record your voice it's like leaving a voicemail for somebody and anthony lacascio wanted me to mention that on this episode and say you know like so that you know that you can go and record a voice message and i'll play it on the podcast so so send me one and i yeah all right so that's, that's the next step. Right now, we're going to hear a little word from the sponsors. Okay, there's one sponsor. I've got one sponsor this week. It's Anchor.fm. And then we're going to be back with Mr. Ricky Milan. 
Yes, he stopped by. We we had a chat. We hung out, and I got some updates about his driveway tour that he's been doing. He's been going to different people's homes and inspiring people across the metro area here in the Twin Cities and beyond. I hope you have as much fun listening to that as we had creating it. And it was a good hang, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So stick around, and we'll be right back with Ricky Milan from Rhythm Street Movement. Hey, this is Brill Barrett, and you're listening to Have Tap Shoes, Will Travel. Nail it! <laughs> check, check, check. I think we had like a pre-warm-up last time. <sighs> pre-warm-up. The warm-up. The pre-show. Pre-show. Let's go. Pre-show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it in. Come on. Let's get it in. Let's, let's get it in. Let, let's get it in. Let, let's get it. Whoop. Oh, we're ready to kick it off? Here we go. Oh, thank you for joining us on Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. Oh, we could also do it like this. We could also try it like this. Take, take two could be like this. Woo! Oh man, now I've lost my mind. All of a sudden I'm making noises. Welcome to Have Tap Shoes with Travel, everybody. So I was texting earlier, sent Ricky a text, and I was like, hey, do you want to record one real quick today? And you're like, why not? So I was like, sweet. And I'd like to thank you for being here, the one and only Mr. Ricky Milan from Rhythm Street movement honor and a pleasure my friend my friend it's been a journey thus far man and as always i'd like to just say thank you for sharing this space with me yeah and thank you for sharing your project with me of course and uh shout out to all my teachers and uh shout out to all my students and shout out to my parents and linda and doug and steve and grandma betty and uh all my aunts and uh Man, I'm the luckiest dude on the planet. My beautiful wife, Brittany, and my two little boys, Rafael and Leonardo. Hey, life is good, baby. And, and Leo just had a birthday a couple, like, a week ago. Yep, Leo just turned four. He's <laughs> really starting to roar. He's really getting, he's older, so he's, you know, starting to find that line every day and trying to tiptoe that line in every way. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful challenge, and he's really interesting. You know, he's... He's developing uh, questions that are deeper, another layer, just yeah. the last month alone, you know? So it's beautiful. <laughs> what, what, what was a recent one that he, that he hit you with? 
last night he's like going to bed and he's getting you know all these rambling sort of nonsensical thoughts and then he goes so what is god oh and i was wow. like whoa d how do i you're four so <laughs> yeah so he's already going to places like that but they're all coming from all angles you know his yeah. mind is kind of seeing all sorts of things and grabbing just all of it and just hearing what he hears the adults say and just you know it's really interesting so man he's been around people a lot growing up too yeah so he's like he's he talked really young yep really good at talking right from the always around out. kids always around adults too yep and he's always around in me in a dance and, studio and, uh, yeah and i'm always like you know rapping or expressing myself in like yeah. random poetic flow and so he's he's kind of interacting with life through that and then little kid conversation and then dance classes so he's got all these kind of ways of interacting yeah and uh yeah it's got to be interesting up in his mind but yeah man creative kid he's fast and Raphael, he's he's still four months yeah man so he's four months he's still developing yeah he's so beautiful he's, i'm a lucky i'm the luckiest dude on the planet rick i don't you know don't have to chase him down yet no, yeah, no. <laughs> He's got this beautiful Buddha smile. He just smiles and it lights nice. up the whole world. It's crazy, yeah. That's awesome. Yes. So you've been, last time we, man. Okay, so you sent me a, a recent text, which got me thinking too, when you you sent me this one where we were all jamming before COVID yeah, shut, it was shut our everything last jam. down. It was our last jam right before COVID. Yeah. It was like that Thursday. Yep. Mm -hmm. that, and so I'm going to play that on this episode, like at the end or something. Cool. I, I, why not at the end? I, I don't think we opened with it. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes long or something. Just play some of it. You ain't got to play the whole 10 yeah. minutes. It's just a jam. Mm -hmm. But that was, that was fun. It was fun to listen to that. It's always fun to jam, man. The jam is a, the jam is a way of life. And uh, I think, like I was texting you the other day too. Yeah. I think that you can learn so much from just being in a jam and uh, not not a jam as in like a bad spot, but that too. But in a in an improvisational jam, you know, a musical jam. Yeah. You you have to. I talk about this when we do the driveway tours. Um, you have to find the people you're with. You know, you have to find them and they have to find you. And that's what the jam is. So if one person wants to go rogue. Yeah. Either either you're gonna, you know, kind of the tributary will move away from them or the the current, or you'll go pick them up. You know, you'll go follow them. Sure. But inevitably, in the jam, you know, there's a current. There's a there's something that's running through all of you collectively. There's yeah. a connection that's happening. Yeah. And that connection is the jam. So, uh, yeah, we learn so much from that. And music alone, um, just finding each other in music. And if one person makes a mistake or if one person moves the pocket, you know, you kind of go to support them. <laughs> There's a collective there. And that's, it's just a natural part of being in music or in dance. You know, you long to connect. You long to be a part of that same current. And uh, in that moment, in that energy, all things are totally forgiven and respected and honored about each other. And you might not even know these people, you know, like when we used to jam out on the Third Street Promenade. Yeah. You know, going back to that, all those and those, like when we went over to, uh, where were we, <laughs> Austria? No, where were we? Yeah, Austria, right? Vienna. Going, yeah, going back yep. to them and uh, all the way to current days, <laughs> that last jam I sent you. You know, anytime 
and we've been a lot of different dudes, but we're still these dudes. And every time we yeah. always in the jam, we we find honor in the music, and it's a beautiful place. Definitely, it's a healing place. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The closer you get to this mic, the better it's going to sound later because you won't get so much of the room. This, ah. is, this is something I've been discovering. I had a lot of fun on this last episode with Kathy. Yeah, I listened to it, man. I had to learn how to She's like, amazing. use the noise gate. Do you, do you know about the noise gate feature? Oh, no. man. So I've been, I've been trying to figure out, how, how do you go about getting the best quality sound? Anchor. Go to Anchor. <laughs> go to Anchor. Yeah. It's the one-stop shop. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate that they're one of the sponsors. You know, they're, they're, it's, it, it generates a little something every week. Hey. You know, this is not, it's not about huge amounts. It's, it's just about people joining in, you know, making a donation when you can. And it's about but, sharing the conversation, man. It's about sharing. It's, it's about sharing your journey, and it's about sharing how you interact with people in, a, in an honest and beautiful way. And that's what's dope about you. I've said that to you before. Uh, text. <laughs> speaking of our text log, uh, you know, you're always willing to have a very open relationship with people about uh, the, the different conversations, and you always shed such a positive light on everything we're all doing. And you've right. always you've always done that. So you know. It's You're, always interesting to hear about what people are working on too, and like what what's getting them going, what's making them want to get up and go do something. Yeah, that's that's all part of it. Yeah, absolutely. If, if someone else out there hears that, and then they're like, "Man, all right, well, I gotta go get my shoes on," then that was worth it. Then, truth, absolutely. But that the point of that was though, like I was, I've just been figuring out how to dial the mics in. So when I was in, I was in her space, and it was like a very sort of acoustically echoey space. So I had to figure out ways because when when I speak, you also hear me in your mic right now too when I play this back. And it gets the whole room too. So it's like this echoey sound if you have two mics going at once. So I've been figuring out settings so that it helps adjust things for that. It's been good. It's quite a learning curve. <laughs> it's cool. Editing. Yeah, that's, that's always part of the fun. I've been, um, I, I ordered one of these digital thermometers and i've been okay. zapping my forehead with it is it helping i mean here's what it does it tells me that i'm at 97.5 and i have no temperature <laughs> <laughs> i think that's refreshing yeah good job man yeah You're healthy it was that's no symptom kind of a game changer yeah at least for my own peace of mind i'm like you know it's good absolutely at least uh, as far as i'm not like that's about my normal too, like in the ninety-seven point three, ninety-seven point five-ish range. Yeah. So if I knew it started jumping up into like ninety-nine or something, I'd be like, "Uh-oh, something's up." Yep, something is up. <laughs> you got to know your baseline. That's right. <laughs> As a drummer, I got to know the baseline. I got to hear what they're playing, and then we can lock it together, All and right. then it's gonna sound good. That's it. <laughs> well, today's today's episode, I have no sort of prompt cards. Today had like a very quick like, hey, do you want to do you want to come drop one real quick? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And I had a little time to hit it up, so I'm I'm really thankful for you being here too and just hanging out. Man, I'm thankful to be here. One thing that I wanted to hear about though is like I, I know that you've been inspired recently to go out and continue tap dancing in the world at a social distance sort of. Um, way i guess it's not socially distant at that point it's physically distant but not socially because yeah. i think if anything 
it seems a very social event that occurs. Absolutely. Um, May, I think it was May in uh, maybe the second week or first week. Yeah. I'm a very social person. I've been on stage in one one way or another, even in like the classroom. Yeah. You know, you have a, a voice as a teacher in the classroom uh, or Hall of Fame or doing shows or whatever. I've always been on stage yeah. going all the way back. So the longest break I ever took from the stage was COVID, you know, my whole adult life. Yeah. And um, that was hard for me. A lot of downtime. Yeah, it was really, 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 really hard for me uh, to be removed from dance. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do well with Zoom. I don't do well with... Um, I went on stage... I feel for, you. <laughs> I went on stage for 10 years yeah. and told audiences um, that life happens in real life. Yeah, put your phone away. Put your phone <laughs> away and look at the magic that's in you and look what you can learn without yeah. that screen, you know, because when you feel life, life happens in vibration, you know, Um when you really, when you get into the theater and you feel the lights come down and you feel like you've talked about this many times on this podcast, but you can feel that dancer. You can, you're not just in the subdivision of their notes. Mm-hmm. The science goes away. Yeah. You know, the math really dissipates and it just becomes this moment and this expression. And uh, there's obviously lots of science involved in that because everybody is a ball of science on some level. But yeah. when you're all interconnected in a theater like that, it's really a magic difference that takes place. It's a church, if you will. There's a spiritual energy. And we all kind of connect, and, and it's what makes it so magic. Because we could have different views on the world, political, religion, something like mm-hmm. this. But in that moment, something so simple as a, you know, dig, dig, dig here, dig, do, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. And now we're all connected by the pulse of that. And all of our differences have completely disappeared. And mm-hmm. we're waiting for how does this build? What comes next? Where's the movement? Where is this taking us? Right. We're all filled with this mystery and this wonder. And that's, that's a magic element of life that was missing. So I just said on Facebook, because I couldn't take it anymore. I said, what if I came... What, well, I think my post was something to the effect, like, what if I came to your driveway and did a time step? Would you give me 25 bucks? <laughs> and I was blown away because I did that at 10 p.m. Yeah. Woke up the next morning at probably like 7 and had like 20 what? inbox messages. The early birds were at it. 20 inbox messages. And then like in the comments, probably 10 messages. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm going. I just got the tap board, jumped in the car. Yeah. Put on a suit and put on my hat. You know, got dapper for the first time in six weeks. Hadn't, Felt good to get dressed hadn't up. Hadn't gotten dapper in six weeks. Yeah. And uh, so I put on my vibe and I jumped in the car and I got the little, the Bose speaker and I texted them, you know, which uh, song do you want? Just tell me what address, song, and a time. Uh, I didn't say time. I just said I'll show up um, when it's on my route. And I was just going, <laughs> bam. I, I left the house at 9 a.m. and I danced in driveway after driveway after sidewalk, alleyway, a park. Um, you know, old folks home. Some people were very, you know, like stay 60, 70 feet away. Sure. Some people you were, you know, like it was crazy. They Some, could hear you though still. Yeah. You know. That's the I, beauty of a percussive art like this. It was really something. And, and in the conversation, I would talk about tap dance. I would talk about my journey as a tap dancer. Yeah. I talked about performing at Third Street way back in the day. I talked about performing at the New Victory Theater in the Kennedy Center. I talked about all the experiences I've had in my life and how profound it was that I found so much connection in this this COVID crisis. Right, tap dancing for you, you know, just it's just us two, and we're having this conversation. Yeah, and that you somehow found me on the internet 
and that you care about my tap dancing. This really was something to me. Yeah. And it was something to them. Uh, sure. It was it was deep. And um, I did that for like two weeks every day as wow. much as I could. And then people would tell somebody about it and send me to somebody else and then somebody else. And one, one of the magical wow. things happened or, or spiritual things happened was uh, multiple people that I performed for. Mm-hmm. It was their last sort of social experience of their life because they had somebody had sent me to them because mm-hmm. they couldn't go be with them and they knew that they were on their final weeks you what? know because of covid they couldn't spend time together they couldn't get together yeah so they said would you go perform for this person and it was it was like i said it was like a spiritual energy and it really made me reassess everything about everything yeah multiple times a day you know and uh at the same time as trying to keep it light and keep it fun it was you could feel the weight of people Mm-hmm. And, and to to feel that through my tap shoes, um, and just just my little self, you know, I had no no act or no, it was just improv in the driveway or whatever. Yeah, and it, it was it was deep, man. It was beautiful, and I'm so forever thankful for that opportunity and all those folks we shared all those moments. And I ran out of juice. Uh, my legs, my, I was like dancing as hard as I could, like I was on a mission from God, which I may have been. I don't know. It really felt like it. And uh, I said, God, I called up the. Feely and the boys, I said, can you guys play music and can we get some dance? Can we make this into a, a revival? <laughs> yeah. Can we revive the vibe? Like, can we bring this to people? And there was like a talk about that for a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, then we just jumped in and I got Karoff's truck. Yeah. I just, I, I, told, I told him, hey man, I'm stealing your truck. And he said, what? I said, I'm, ste- <laughs> I'm stealing your truck. <laughs> He said, well, what do you mean you're stealing my truck? And I was like, I just need it for two days. What you don't can, you understand about you I'm can, stealing your truck? You can truck. have the Buick. It's got a car seat in it. You're good to go. I'll fill it with gas. He said, all right. So I think I gave him a 12-pack of beer and switched the keys and took his truck. Wow. And then we just went. And we just, I just called, you know, I put it on Facebook. I said, we got to come out. We got to get going. We got to revive the vibe. And people responded. It's the, Utilizing Facebook has been amazing. Yeah. And, and, and. I know that on Facebook right now, um, there's so much politics and there's so much divisiveness. And I feel like that's not the only way you can use this. You can really no. use this to connect with people and you can really use it to express your narrative mm-hmm. and find finding your narrative amidst this and not letting that storyline dictate yours. Yeah. Because it's saying pick a side, now you're on a side, da 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 da. And obviously, all people are on all sides because there's a full spectrum to you. And what makes him, uh, the theater amazing is your ever changing perspective. You walk in feeling a way, yeah. you walk out feeling a new way. You know, about these characters. Yeah, about these characters or about this storyline or about music, about history. You're ever changing. Mm-hmm. You're ever changing. And the people that are most trapped are the ones that aren't allowing themselves to be new. Yeah. Because that new perspective is one of the most profound truths of us, you know? We get to continue to change as we continue to be us, Yeah, you know? So always thank the roots. Always thank everything that's fed you. But don't stop reaching for the sun. Because mm. once you stop reaching, you know what I mean, then you're only going the opposite direction. And that's such yeah, a sad... you're not growing anymore. Yeah. You're and, wilting. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, that's... Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> I didn't realize the 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 that you're going out to places where the people that are at the end of their lives and they're experiencing these performances too. 
it was like the third day, and that's the wow. first time that happened. And, and it happened multiple times? Three times. Wow. Three times. And they were like watching from their bedroom or something, and you set it up outside the window? Or nope. how did that work? All three came outside. Oh, wow. All three came outside, and all three had assistants with them. Yep. And all three had this amazing, calm energy about them. Yeah. And I wasn't too in the know of how much time or what was going on there. Okay. Uh, until after. And I was oh. notified. I was notified in all three cases that they weren't here anymore. Oh, whoa. And that was their last performance that they saw. And that was their last time, you know, that they, they had shared a moment. Wow. And it, yeah, it really, it really got to me. It really did. Yeah. And, um, and I think that reminded me, you know, it re-lit the fire in me that this work that we do, it really is important and it really is pure and valuable. And it really is an important part of, you know, not to use uh, popular words, but it's an essential part of our existence. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the theater is, is the dance, the music. These are ancient expressions. These are ancient ways that we communicate. And we don't heal, just too. Yeah, and as the written language has changed and the spoken language has changed, this language of the human form dancing in the form of music, mm-hmm. although music has gotten amazing in all the ways we've continued to recreate it mm-hmm. on a fundamental level it's silence being decorated by sound mm-hmm. and we can connect through it and we can heal through it you know so we need it and, and and i just found out so yeah we've been doing that and and i've been trying to make this uh it's like a street performance yeah it's like it's like a it's a thing and a lot of these people especially if we get out to the suburbs more they haven't experienced anything like that in their whole life, some of these kids. Yeah. You know, so to bring that to them and to tell them about the, a tap dance mm-hmm. and to tell them about the history of tap dance, building the history of tap dance into the theater of your show, the yeah. theater of your classroom. Yeah. You know, people have been asking, and it's been trending since the George Floyd incident about, mm-hmm. I think me and you may have texted about it too. Yeah. But about how to, uh, how do I reconfigure my classroom setting? And I told Andy about this too. How I see it is that your classroom is your theater. Yeah. And you bring that history to life for them, mm-hmm. you know? So you build it into your class in a very, because Jason Samuel Smith taught at Heartbeat a few years ago. Yeah. And he told these stories. And the way he told the stories, I could see it like a movie. Yeah. I could feel it. You know, he built these characters. And it was like, that's how you, that's how you tell history. You know, you really bring it to life for them. And when those kids, when it hits their heart, not just their ears, mm-hmm. when it hits their heart, they can feel the history. So building that history into the way you acknowledge and you honor the form of all these things, tap, music, poetry, uh, hanging out with your friend and talking into microphones, you know, like just, <laughs> you know, that's where I'm at in my life. That's what this COVID has brought out of me. Like light the flame inside, you know, don't put it out. No. Let it out. Yeah. You know, this, this fire is, is a deeper and more powerful thing to me. So finding ways to bring it to the community is so important to me right now. The most, I yeah. feel like it's call, like a calling. Yeah, a realization on even deeper level of why that's important. I've I've found as well during this time allowed me time to read more and l- learn more about where it comes from, which is I, I always dig that. I mean, anytime I get a chance to sit down and read a book about tap dancing, it's it's always a lot of fun. I mean, enlightening, too. You told me about the one, and I still haven't read it yet. Yeah, here, I'll show you. All right. You told me about it, and I'm like, I'm going to read it, but 
there's been so much going on in my life and in the world that I've literally been like constantly writing. I've been constantly creating. And I've also been really trying to consume um, historic information that I've reached out to some mentors and stuff. But I haven't gotten to the book you're grabbing right now. By the way, Rick is currently walking, walking around his bookshelves grabbing bo- books <laughs> off of the shelf. He's back. Yeah, I'm back now. It didn't take too long. It's just right over there. All right, so the book that we were talking about reading was the Jazz Dance book. Yes. And had I known that you were coming over here, I probably would have planned this out a little better and had one ready for you, but uh, we'll work on that. But it's, it's great. It goes through all these different eras of tap, and not just tap dancing, but jazz dancing, swing dancing, a lot of different styles are talked about in there. Yes. And then I've got a few others that definitely have to get to. I've got Jane Goldberg's one here, Shoot Me While I'm Happy, which has a foreword with Gregory Hines. And she's, she's a tap historian and also she was around a lot of these tap dancers like at the right time. <laughs> How cool was it to hear Kathy's story the other day of uh, getting on stage with Gregory Hines and yeah. him saying, what do you got, kid? Yeah. That's so uh, surreal. Yeah, she's got so many good stories, and she loves to tell them, and I, I, I've always been like, man, we got to get her on so, so we can hear some of them. Yeah, it's absolutely... She's it's, got so many more, too. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, man. It never stops. And to see the thing you posted about uh, bringing the noise, bringing the funk, Oh, did you see that? Yeah, man, I that, cried. That I long, cried. that long video. Yeah, man, that was in the, that was during COVID time, man. I was, I hadn't done much yet, and you posted that, and I cried because I, like, I think I texted you. That changed the trajectory of both of our lives for sure. It changed the definitely the trajectory of my life as a human being on this planet. Yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, when you talk about tap history, that's that's an important part of tap history too. And a lot of the people in that show, I mean, they're like, who knows if they agree. Or not, but I mean, they look back at the the elders and they have huge respect for that. But as I look back, I go, wow, that was a, everything culminated in that show. Like everything came together. Yeah. You got a history lesson. You had top-notch dance. Yeah. You had the best of lighting. You had, the whole thing was just a brilliant package as as one big whole show. Yeah. I, I really think it was a pivotal moment in dance. Mm-hmm. you know and uh so for me i always talk about savion glover with the highest regard because i think he really he really was a he was the compass you know he was that pivoting point that turned the perception and the the view of dance yeah he he connected he connected multiple worlds mm-hmm. and he inspired so many by doing so right and he did it in a beautiful and honorable way in a theatrical way where he brought together multiple mediums music dance theater and storytelling and uh told his story through history right and i thought that was just it changed my life you yeah. know it changed yeah. yours too and and being able to connect with some of them because they came here and being able to like be not like I mean, involved in the show by any means, but we got to go see it. We like won this opportunity to go and see it. And then we also got a chance to hang out with some of them and they had some workshops and we had a couple late night jams and yeah, just man. hearing their stories. It's again, it comes back to the hang. 
Yeah. And this keeps coming up. It's like, it's it's not only about when you go to the tap festival and you take the class. It's it's about what happens after that. Or it's not even about the show necessarily. It's about what happens after when you all go out to dinner. Things like that are so important. Yeah. What I took from that in my memory right now was just experiencing the soul. I mean, up until that point, we were, you know, compartmentalizing dance into these three-minute pieces, two-and-a-half-minute yeah, pieces. Yeah, that's true. And to see these guys up there doing their thing in that way. They just keep going. And not only did they just keep going, but there was storytelling involved in it. And one thing that they really weren't caring about was the the shapes they were making. Mm. Their shapes were always just so natural, and they would just feel these radical shapes, you know, and they would throw their bodies into these shapes depending on what kind of energy moved through them. Yeah. But, but as they made all those shapes, their feet were always the shape of their subdivision. You know, the music they were making yeah. was always right in the music. Although there were times, like, because they're telling tap history, so there were some times where they did some more production looking numbers where they had the arms and everything and they mm-hmm. they were very capable of you know doing multiple kinds of versions of tap dancing right. and showing kind of like a sort of historical context of the different ways tap was exploited and used and all the upper body stuff is definitely like all those guys were really good at that stuff it was like but when you got to the moments when they were improvising and it got more modern the closer it got to now it seems like they they got more and more involved in i mean it was always rhythmic the whole time obviously but right it was very uh Brief, instru- more, it was an instrument it was yeah the music progressed with it too through right. jazz and the the form the line they were making the dance they were doing yeah was becoming much more of a raw expression mm-hmm. you know it was so pure so the energy dictated the shape of them yeah. and the tense the tension of them and the way that they released that and the way that they felt those in-between moments, you know, the space between their notes were felt through their body in pure, pure freedom. You know, it was just a raw expression. There was no limitation. The only limitation was the river of music, you know, so it was how is the music guiding me? And then it's just the music and their emotion and their ability to take that vocabulary and express themselves. And I think that was the first time, the second show we saw at the Orphan was called Spirit. Do you remember Oh, Spirit? yeah, yeah. Was- so... It's like a Native American theme, yeah. indigenous. Yeah. And they also had like um, a lot of wooden flutes that yeah. they were playing. And, and it had really cool lighting though and stuff too. Yeah, it was beautiful. Intelligent it was, lights. I believe they were workshopping it as a Broadway, trying to put it to oh. Broadway. And they had done the same thing at the Orpheum downtown with Lion King. That started mm-hmm. here too. So uh, in both cases though, that was the first time of my experiencing dance as a free form expression yeah. of the inner self, you know? Yeah. Up until that point, it had always been a, a form of the body. Yeah. And a line of the body. It was like hoop dancing, with like the hoops. Yeah, they, they, did, they did amazing stuff. Yeah, man. it was so athletic. So, yeah, tons of like all the way down, like full squat, and then into like, yeah. it was sort of mixed with break dancing ideas, you know? Yeah. When you watch modern breakers do their stuff, you're like, that derives from some native dance. Sure. You know? And uh, yeah, so those those experiences really rounded me. And uh, to, to, to put that into dance studio and to, to do the dance studio thing yeah, and to try to take that language and that language and that language and understand and try to see your role as a connector mm-hmm. of all these things. Because you can't just, um, it's a challenging thing because you can't just say, I'm going to try to do this or I'm going to try to do that. And you can't just um, appropriate a particular form and make a routine to look like the aesthetic yeah. without giving the history 
in trying to in, invest yourself in the feeling right. of that art and how that that mo- my move my movement in expression mm-hmm. came from that feeling. You know, like I want to know about that feeling. I want to know about how that feels. And when you are willing to take that journey, you develop more as an artist and as a teacher and as a person and as a thinker. And so, like, that's what I've been loving this last couple of years. I've been really trying to get into that journey and create and, and have the conversation. Yeah. And I, I've been doing crazy stuff. I've written some emails to dance parents at a couple of the studios. Yeah. And I've been like, here's what this piece is about. Sure. You know, or here's what we're work the conversations we're having. And sometimes I'm met with like radical artists. This guy's crazy. And sometimes I'm met with this is very beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. But um, as long as I think, I think as, as long as I really am trying to do something positive for these young people and for the dance community as a whole, I think it's a good, I think it's good to try to connect these things. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, as you go through and you learn about the history of things, you also get to learn new steps that you didn't know and why those steps are those steps and the stories behind the steps. It just all gets so much better. I mean, it's more of an enriched experience, I suppose. Yeah. Enriched. That's the word. You're, you can, o- you're, only, gonna, you're only gonna get better at what you do if you if you learn about where it comes from. And yep. I've also brought up this example of like who who else, like what other art forms don't you like go back and research the masters of who came before you? Right. It comes up all the time. It's like a painter that doesn't want to learn about Picasso or Van Gogh. Right. <laughs> or any of those people. Right. Isn't that how you say it, Van Gogh? And if you get in if you get into the form or whatever it is you're doing enough, yeah. you you don't just you don't just it doesn't become just the story of what history is. Mm-hmm. You feel it. You know what I mean? Especially in a form of music or dance. You can feel the source of that styling or that where it came from. Yeah. You know, it's really amazing. You you physically feel history move through you. And that's a powerful thing. And that's what I was saying about how I think it's so, so essential that we continue to dance and create dance and create music amidst these times. I think these are such important and valuable things for us to share and connect us. Because mm-hmm. clearly there's a, I don't want to get too into crazy talk, but I feel like there's some sort of a, a agenda by something or someone to try to disconnect people. Mm. And what the music is always calling for. Yeah. Is that there's this greater connection? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the piece we did with Solomon called "That Beat." Yeah, it's that. We used beat. it on one of the episodes yeah. with you yeah. um, as the outro music. Yeah, so that's what that's about. You know, it's bigger. It's bigger than all of this. Yeah, you know, it's it's that beat. It connects us. There's a greater connective spirit, and it. Uh, yeah, man, y- you can name it and you can write books about it. But you can't truly get to it unless you get rid of yourself. That's the only mm. way you get into it. And when you get rid of yourself, you get into that jam, that freedom of the music, and you start to have honor and respect naturally. Yeah. Naturally for everybody that's in that beat. So that's what that piece was about. And Solomon was amazing to work with. Great singer. Yeah, he came into the studio. Man, I love this guy. I love working with him. I love having him in my phone as a text friend. And But he came into the studio. that It was the coldest day of the year mm. that we tracked that. So it was like minus 20. Man. And he came into the studio and he hadn't done his like vocal listen, warm up, listening to my sc- oh. terrible scratch track. Oh, sure, sure. Because he probably listened to it and was like, what? You know what I mean? What is this guy? Because <laughs> I'm not, a, I can't sing like him, but I gave him my best shot on the scratch track. So he kind of came in there and knew the vibe sort of that he wanted to go for. Yeah. 
And then he just started going. And like, it was just, like I said, it was like a lion in a, in a, he was just like roaring these notes out and just radical, man. <laughs> it was so dope. Like the twinkle in my baby's eyes. It was just so, so yeah. I, and then every interaction with him since has been just a, a really positive and beautiful thing. I think it was week three of uh, COVID. He sent me a, this pretty, this really pretty music he had made. Wow. And I made a rap to it. I put it on my Facebook. Um, we called it Waterfall, I think. But yeah, man, he hits me up and just says, right. Are you writing? Right. Good. Uh, yeah, he just hits me up and he's a really... He's just a beautiful person, an amazing preacher, and uh, yeah, I'm just lucky to have him in my life. So It's good to have those kind of people that hit you up out of the blue, make sure that you're staying creative, doing your thing. Yeah. Chargers. Got to keep going. Chargers, yeah. Chris Irk. Shout out to Chris Irk. Shout out to uh, Russo. A couple Ooh. of Chargers in my life. Yeah. Shout out the, to the, all the Chargers. Yeah. All the people that hit you up and say, get going. Shout out to Alex Rossi. Yeah, I had a moment where I was, multiple moments, but I, I took a picture of it when I was in my car. I was at a light. I was like, click, because his music comes on in my car while I'm driving. And all of a sudden, it's like rocking out about the mighty Mississippi or, you know, who knows which song might pop up. I could, it could even be Backyard Boogie that pops up because it's, you know, like it, I, I got quite the collection. Call your friends, <laughs> we got Backyard Boogie. <laughs> Yeah, man, Rossi. Yeah. Root City. It's like, the, he had that voice like when he was like 15, I think. Yeah. Or so. I always, know, I always like that. to tell the story when we were performing at the State Fair. Yeah. At the uh, grandstand. Yeah. And he pulled up in like a cutlass, I think it was. <laughs> and he just cruised right through the thing. It was like security, like very strict area. Yeah. And he's like 16 or 15 years old. 15, doesn't have his license. <laughs> Pulls right up onto the stage, like all the way right up next to the stage. Hops out. He's like 15 years old, a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Breaks all the rules. Pulls his guitar out. And he's like, all right, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And nobody said anything to him. They're like, that's Alex Rossi. <laughs> and he played the guitar on the back of his head. He kind of did the, the behind the head trick. Yep. He was all into Hendrix. They loved it. Yeah. Yeah. He played all along the Watchtower. Uh-huh. With... Uh, his original band was Blue Smoke. Yep. And they would just jam. I mean, they would just get into a song, a Hendrix song or whatever, yeah. and just jam. It was awesome. A little Dave Matthews influence early on, too. Yeah. A lot of blues influence. You yeah, a lot of blues, for blues. sure. Stevie Ray Vaughan's in there, for sure. Definitely Stevie Jimmy Ray. Jimi Hendrix. Definitely Hendrix. Uh, probably a little uh, Santana even in there somewhere. Yep. Oh, I mean, yeah, all that. You know, guitar, dude. He was guitar. in guitar soul. Gotta love it. Well, what's what's coming up? What are you excited about now? What's, do you have anything that you're cooking? Yeah, what what's cooking? What stay, are you making for dinner? Stay tuned. I, what are the, one thing that I don't know how to do? What is reach more people with my work? Really, I feel like I reach a lot of people, but I, 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 centralizing. You talked about this, uh, yes, when I was listening to you yesterday. I listened ah. to you and Kathy yesterday, <laughs> and then you hit me up today. I thought that was ironic. Shout out to Kathy Wynn. Yeah, it was a great. Thanks thing. again. Um, so just kind of like finding a central hub. I use Facebook, and that's great. But uh, yeah, you were talking about creating a, a website. We have a Rhythm Street Movement website. Yeah. Um, RhythmStreetMovement.com, right? Yeah, Rhythm Street Movement, and how profound that that name from two years ago when we started. Yeah. Is become the Rhythm Street Movement that's going around the Twin Cities right now. I think it was beautiful. Yeah. 
uh, acknowledgement by the greater compass saying you're doing the right thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been cool. But we got a lot of stuff cooking, and uh, we wrote a new show. We're gonna debut that good at the Arts Midwest. Sweet. It's a family friendly show, and uh, it's very much. It's kind of like the other shows I've made, but it's it's with an awareness of all of the stuff I've created. Sure, going back all the way to street perform. Mm-hmm. So it's got like the very family friendly, yeah, storytelling aspect. Because the waking up thing was such a deep project for me. Yeah, the waking up project was very deep and very profound, and it took me for a huge journey. And I'm so thankful. But coming out of that project, I wanted to do something that would be light and fun yeah. that kids and families could come to and laugh at. And they could say they could identify with this character and not that character and they could love the dance and they could see all these different elements working together. And yeah, so that's what we're working on right now. Well, that's one of the many things. It's so raining, sorry. <laughs> we're de- yeah, it is a rainy day. I'm tripping, day. I'm like, did a fan just turn on? Sorry. Yeah, it's a beautiful the, day in the neighborhood. It's, it just started raining outside, so if you're hearing that, that's what that is. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you? So we got that show. Yeah. There's, what else do so, I got cooking? And, and most of your stuff is fairly family friendly. I haven't seen too much of your work that offended too many. Right. You earlier. didn't get to check out the the Waking Up show. No. It wasn't. It wasn't unfamily friendly. Right. But there was a great depth to the work. So, yeah. So kids, kids can dig some depth too. Yeah, I think that the kids could definitely dig it. And there was dancing, and I think they could understand like the basic characters. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't know what they read into as far as the the that's the hard part. You never parts I, of the characters. You never really know like how everyone's piecing it all together. Right. Like you can hand them the box of puzzle pieces, but they might not even use all the pieces because they don't even know that they're they don't even see some of them in the box anymore. Right. One, one thing that was <laughs> there so might be cool, holes. man, talking about the Waking Up Project, just working with all of those artists and educators yeah. as collaborators yeah. and sort of building that with them mm-hmm. and turning all that internalized work that manifested itself into songs that were connected to styles and that style resonated to certain steps and dance styles and like going back into history and the history of myself yep. in relation to the history of how I learned dance mm-hmm. and then how I learned music and how that music connected to dance and connected to me trying to get myself expressed. Yeah. You know, get this expression out of me. Right. And uh, it was so cool to work with every one of these teachers and um, artists that performed in the show because they pulled the show. We collectively sort of pulled this show out of itself you know it was like i was grabbing this rope and i was like i can't get it all the way out and then they would just grab a rope and pull and pretty soon this show (laughs) emerged you know and it was there it was always there i just couldn't get it without them you have to assemble those people so that they can help you pull it yeah and it it just takes this magical uh trust and you you have to trust in yourself enough as you're you're the sole rope puller for a while Mm-hmm. That you you trust that what you're making is something that's real and that you believe in it, and then you get all the people there, and then they'll definitely pick it up and help you pull it. And when they do, that's they, when it uh, they, it, it turns into something else you never even knew it would be. Yeah, and they bring with them so much perspective and yeah. so much heart, and so when they bring that perspective, mm-hmm. they bring the people that gave them that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, so like 
like my teachers are here. You know, if you help me, then your teachers are all here and the people you love are here. Shout like, out to the teachers out there. Yeah. Like everyone that's a part of your journey then becomes a part of this work because they gave you the strength to pull that show yeah. out of there. And so it really takes form and it gets a 360 perspective and, you know, the characters come to life and you start to see it in a way you never could. So like the day after my aunt texted me about the show and I was like, there was so much she was saying that I had no, I never had thought of Yeah, what it, the show meant to her and how she reflected on it and how thankful she was and how profound it was in, in this and that. And I was like, I didn't even see that show. You know, like <laughs> we worked on this so hard and all these things she sang, I had no idea. So I think that's the master or the uh, magic of theater. You know, it really. Right. Like I said, like when, as the audience assembles the puzzle, it's going to look totally different than what you intended it for it to look like. Dude. They don't have the top of the box. They don't have the front part of it. They don't know what it's supposed to look like. Right. It doesn't matter. It's cool. That's their experience. It's cool. Your job is not to assemble the puzzle, but it's to give them all the pieces. Yeah, that's a cool way to look at it. They don't have to fit them all together if they don't want to, but hopefully they enjoy what they do do. You know right. I mean? They do do. <laughs> Everyone's going to create what they're going to do. They do do. The, uh, the new show, though, is totally different. Totally. Yeah. So it went from that process. Yeah. To like, okay, now I learned that process. Right. Went to the new show and was like, now here's like here's what I learned from it. Right. And then here's what I learned from this, and here's what I learned from this, and here's what I already knew. And like uh, natural instincts, being a performer. And then I took mm-hmm. all those ingredients and like went and work with Feely. It was just like me and Feely. Yep. And then we got a show. And then yeah, and of course my Reed Grimm. Yeah, Reed Grimm is a huge drummer. Yeah, beatboxer, just a singer. Yeah, and just like a, I don't know, collaborative super force. Sweet. Have you ever worked with him? Uh, and and when you've done your performances, when we've had a chance to, dude, he's a collaborative super force. He's like, he's yeah. I don't know how to describe him. He's like a very special human being. So he he's like a glue river. Whatever you need, he can like become that. You know what I mean? Awesome. Yeah. So when you're working on it, and then he's telling the thing, and then he's like, "Yeah," and I'm like this. And then he's like, and then he just he'll like he'll become a choreographer or a director <laughs> or a musician or whatever he needs to in that moment to like fix like the idea, make it come out. You know? It's, yeah. Dude's just like a creative wonder. What What does this next year look like as far as a dance teacher, educator? What What is this looking like? Mm. Competitions? What it like? What do things Rick. look like for this next year? That's a great question. Uh, what are some trends? What does how does dance move forward in COVID time? How do we um, safely move forward as a dance community? I right. don't know. I don't know. And when the weather changes and we can't keep dancing outside like we have been, right? Because I've been teaching in parks and things. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't. I really don't know. Zoom. I mean, is there some online stuff happening for you this year? I you know. Of? I have basically. So when the whole thing went down, I reached out to as many studios as I could, and I said, I'll teach classes for free. I was wow. so scared. I was so scared. Uh, mm-hmm. Raphael was born on 320 2020 wow. 320 2020 wow. 320s. And the, the, the <laughs> hospital was empty. The streets were empty. Everything was empty. Yeah. You know, uh, Lake Street, where the, all of the riots and everything took place. Mm-hmm. You know, the day he was born... I went home because we left for the hospital. Like, right? We we didn't know what was gonna happen. We left and we didn't bring her bag. So oh. after he was born, then I had to go get her bag of stuff. 
and it was early in the morning. And then I probably left at the hospital at probably 10 a.m. And I went and grabbed her bag, which was only right down on 38th where we live. Sure. And uh, Lake Street was empty, and I was listening to NPR, and they said they were talking about financial advice for COVID. Mm. And they said, take the kids out of dance class. What? It was on NPR, the financial advisor woman. And Yikes. I, and I, like... <laughs> Say what? <laughs> I, 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 like, I had a... Like, I was like, what... We're on the radio advising these the world to stop to get out of dance class because we need to start right. thinking financial long term. And uh, I, I freaked out and I hit up every studio owner I you know had in my first phone, yeah, in like my first round. And I said, I'll teach Zoom classes for free. I'm going to give inspirational talks to your kids if you want me to give inspirational pep talks to the to the parents or whatever, uh, like. I really got scared. Like I'll give them my keynote, whatever, or whatever it takes. Like I really got scared. Like the, the this that everything we put into this and that has been going into this for so long, right? Would be because there's this profound. I I, I talk about this, man. Mm-hmm. There's this profound thing that happens at dance studios, right? It's called sport culture, and it's called art culture, and only in the dance studio do they live together. Mm. And sometimes in some call and you once you're in your studio, if it's your studio, you you know, I'm always a guest. But if yeah. you had a studio, you could pick how much art or how much sport and what sure. that balance is. Yep. But for the most part, every studio I go to has a balance. Yeah. Because of the world we live in. And so, like, unless it's a professional studio, unless it's for adults and professionals, there's an element of this sport culture team. Culture that's a part of it, yeah. And so, like, um, we would lose this magical balance and all these little hubs all throughout all of our neighborhoods and communities mm-hmm. where those two things can exist in a beautiful way together. And the one helps us see the other, and the other helps us see the one. And I think that's it's awesome and profound. And it, kids learn from it, teachers learn from it, the community learns from it. It brings us together and does all the wonderful stuff that team activities do. Yeah. And, and it does that for us. And at the same time, it opens our heads and hearts to all of the ideas that art does. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's this really amazing thing that takes place at these studios every single day. And so I didn't, I got panicked, man. Yeah. So, well, now looking back at it, I mean, you can realize part of it was, I mean, as a financial advisor, this person's definitely talking with that in mind. But the, the point of like having the kids staying home and not like getting sick, I think is a very important thing as studios had to take time to figure out how can we set up the space so that it's not going to potentially make a whole bunch of people sick. Right. And yeah, there's, and thank, you know, thank God for summer. There's so many, yeah, there's so much to balance there. So now how do we, yeah. How does it, how does what happens here in this next phase I don't know. Kids need the release still too. Like I need the release still <laughs> right. to, to like get a, you know, work up a sweat doing something. Right. Know? Be physical. Be, get the heart you know, pumping right. and all that. That's important. And turn off your brain for a while so your body can do stuff. Right. You know, totally. Uh, I don't know how it happens next, man. I think, I think we just keep dancing. Like uh, I feel like the path will present itself as, as long as you continue to stay positive and, Try to have a positive outlook and, you know, try to find creative ways to reach your community yeah. with the energy and mission that you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I think stay stick to the thing that you do. You know, like make your podcast, reach people, right? Educate. You know, and that would be as you were uh, as I can swing it back around to what you were talking about before about reaching people on Facebook and things like that. I think that is the way to do it is to do just that, like put out the things that you do and consistently put them out. I've realized that by putting something out every Monday makes it so that people can count on it. Mm -hmm. This last Monday went up a little late, but I was still trying to tweak the audio so that it sounded good because I didn't want to, I didn't want to put out something that sounded like crap, you know, so whatever. But I've got my routine where now I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to get these recorded a little bit earlier so I can get them up so that every Monday morning when you when you go tune in, I'll stay up I'll stay up Sunday night until I need to get it, you know, up and running. And that sometimes that sometimes causes waves. But it's important and I kinda told myself I need to do this if I'm gonna actually do it. And I made the investment to to get the stuff to do it and I want it to sound really good and I wanna get good stories and hear from people. Yeah. And I'd also like to thank Matt over at the Dancing Fair and Carrie. Matt Shrupfer rocking out the shoes over there, still still doing his thing. And dancingfair.com if you need your yellow shoes for, for video, they show up really well on video. Yeah. <laughs> I asked Matt, I was like, So what what's the best color for video? And he said, I don't know, yellow? Like, all right, we'll go with yellow. You said yellow shoes. I thought of Galen Higgins with those yeah. yellow boots. Oh, He's those got things those... look so cool. I know. He's got some move that he does where he like smacks his feet in the yeah, air. Yeah, he does that like... Yeah, that I don't even... Kick. God, I need man. to see it in slow motion so I can even figure out what the heck he's doing. Yeah, but even if you saw it in slow motion, <laughs> it's, he's like a ninja. You can't... You know yeah. what I mean? Like, where did that come from? How, what did you just what, do? What physics are applying to this? Devon, too. Devon's got some moves that are like... They're unpredictable, and he just like does some things, and I'm like, oh man. Yeah, you're like, how is what? I, what is that? There's no. <laughs> I've been doing this a lot. Yeah. I've been doing this a lot, and I can't figure out how you're even approaching that. Like, what <laughs> muscles are firing, and where's the gravity, and where how? He's like, it's like a twisty thing he does, and it's like, man, isn't it amazing? I, I think that's so cool when people have like a little thing they do, and it's mm -hmm. so unique. Mm -hmm. And who knows? There's probably been people. You know, like a hundred years ago, that totally did that move. But the nice thing is now we have good shoe technology, and they're built really well nowadays. And not only that, if you ever were to like rip your shoe out or like, they guarantee them at the dancing fair. You're gonna, you might wear out your shoes like normally, but you send them oh, back man. in, and Matt? chances are they're gonna be able to piece them back together and make not them look good again. Not only, not only. <laughs> I mean, this is the truth. Not only will they be able to fix them. Yeah. But he's gonna start asking. He's gonna start investigating you. Yeah. He's gonna investigate your dance style. <laughs> he's gonna investigate your project so much he'll probably show up at the show if it's within Absolutely. driving distance. He's super flown, supportive. He's flown to people's shows. Absolutely. Because he wants to understand how you're using the shoe. Yes. He wants to understand how your body is reacting to the shoe. Yeah. He and wants what to do you understand, think of it when you're wearing it? He wants to understand what kind of floor you're using when you're using the shoe and who you're teaching and, and, and how you're doing it. And then he's like, how's your foot going? Like, how is your legs holding up? Okay. And, okay. And the next thing you know, like, he helped me so much. He was, like, creating custom orthotics for me. Yeah, because you so originally, fasciitis. when you originally got your first pair of Ks, I remember, like, how mad you were at them because... You you were so excited to have your first pair, and they were so tight on your foot, as I remember, mm -hmm. because you have pretty wide feet. Mm -hmm. And 
So it wasn't until you finally had him fit your foot properly and right. say, "Oh, you actually have a wide foot, and you have to do you have to wear this kind of a thing." Yep. Game changer. Game changer, and it all comes from him just caring. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not only does he care, he just loves it. He he's been like a really good mentor for me, just in all things. You know, like how do you, <laughs> how do you sustain caring about yeah. all these dance shoes? You're not even a dancer. <laughs> But like he's like, well, it's a thing, and it's a thing I know about. Yeah. And the more I can educate myself, the more I feel new. He's fascinated by it. I feel new, and I get to meet new people and hear new stories, and I can help them, and I can serve them. Yeah. Like he, he, he how he serves and how he cares, it's like so inspiring. Like I want to have that. I want to <laughs> know. So it's and you know for all the crazy journeys we've gone on, he's always been the shoes. So totally. every step every you've time. taken, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's been in all those steps. My first pair of K360s I bought from Shirley Larkin. And I remember she sold them to me for $100. She didn't mark them up or anything, but they were still $100 at the time. Shout out Shirley Larkin. Shout out to Shirley Larkin. Moment of silence. She, uh, she, <laughs> she, went, she went back to the little room and got them from those shelves. Yep. Remember how well, they no, had the, she special the ordered them because they didn't have oh, K's yet. Okay. I was like, Savion wears K's, so I wanted to order them. And that's... She ordered them from Capizio directly because she didn't stock them. They took forever to arrive. But I brought them to Matt to put the taps on. And then you set up your drum set in the studio <laughs> and everyone was like, Rick's lost his mind. <laughs> Those were good days, man. Yeah, it was probably too loud. I mean, we had them set up at home, too. That was, that was just normal that we would have musical equipment. Yeah, it was great. I just remember, yeah, you set them up and you were bashing those things like you had something to prove in the studio, in the blue room. I think Gino was trying to get me to like, you know, see what I could do. He's like trying to see where we can go with it. Uh huh. Let's go. It was great. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good experience. Yes, sir. Well, here it is. We made it. Making it every day. We, we are it. creating now. I'm I'm so thankful you've been able to take some time and hang out. Yeah, and, and chat a little bit. One about more thing tap. I could I could promo. Okay, my, let's my hear little, my little rap thing coming out. What's happening? What is it? I have a birthday coming up. You do? Yeah. It's in September. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess maybe a month ago I hit up Andrew Frederick, a brilliant friend of mine. Oh wow! And I'm like, I got to get these raps off of my chest. Oh. And he's like, Cool, come on down to the studio. Really? So I made a couple raps with them, and I think I'm going to try to make one more. See, maybe three or four raps. We'll see what I get to. Yeah. But September 3rd is my birthday. Yes. And I want to release some raps for y'all. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, from the heart stuff. Doing it. From the heart stuff, yeah. <laughs> just really just like, I, I just need a rap. <laughs> like I said, that fire has been so lit, and it's like, I just feel like I'm just preaching so much, and I get like so wound up about all this stuff, you yeah. know? so just passionate about it and so like how do you get that out of you that you know that need to express these things and there's so much energy how do you do it in a positive way well you have to be creative and then uh even if nobody listens you still feel like you expressed it you honored the expression Mm -hmm. it wasn't just a feeling that you had to keep talking about or something you know you could really say it in some in a creative way that's the only so, way you can get on to making your next thing is if that thing's tugging at you like yeah. that. It's just going to keep doing that until you finally freaking do it. Yeah. Just like making a podcast, if I'm thinking about it for like two years or whatever it was, maybe even longer than that, but then finally you just make one. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, 
okay, now I got to make another one and right. then another one and right. another one and another one. So and, there you go. And something that was so challenging became. This not is not your first rodeo with rapping. No, I've been rapping the whole entire time. I heard you're a dope rapper. Thanks, bro. Uh, Be rabbit. <laughs> uh, Clarence has real nice parents. Uh, Clarence went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. Yo, I uh, I really think that it's such a strange way that I I need to like get stuff off my chest that I rap. But, but what, I mean, do it. Yeah, say it. And like I really—that's how it naturally flows out of you, though. I mean, legit. That's like I, I, that's just—that's how you say things, bro. I feel like maybe eight people will listen to this conversation we're having on microphones currently, yeah. and maybe nine will listen to my raps. But nonetheless, <laughs> like, like I really put my well, heart if, into those if raps. You let me play one of the songs on the show sometime. Then we can get like seventeen people total then listening to it. Let's go, you know, we'll man. Just, we'll just add them Let's together. Let's go. Depth <laughs> over distance, man. Oh, I, I appreciate everyone tuning in, and I'm very thankful that you're here. And it doesn't even matter how many people would listen to it. I'd, I'd still be making it if one person listened to it every week. Depth because over this is just something that I feel like is good, and it's fun. And I also want to continue to learn and share what we're learning and find out what other people have learned yes. so that we can learn new stuff. Preach! That's what it is. That's Let's all go. it is. That's all it is. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'd also like to thank Kathy Wind, Keen Sense of Rhythm, tapcompany.org. Now, that, those are two separate sentences. Their website is tapcompany.org. And that'll bring you to Keen Sense of Rhythm, where you can learn about all their upcoming online Zoom classes. Ellen and Kathy, they're doing their thing. So much love and, and I appreciate them, them for, gratitude. for their support. Yeah, always. I'd also like to thank Andy for the music. Actually, he's he's tap dancing on this too. Who? Okay, so who all is tap dancing on this clip? Rush, Rush, Benson, Rush Benson, Andy Oslin, <laughs> yeah, my brother, Rick Oslin, yeah, that's me, Drew Geck, man, and me, man, that was a good jam. Yeah, we were going. And Andy had the guitar there that day. Yeah, that we were just getting crazy <laughs> when when Andy. Yo, if anybody out here doesn't know Andy Oslin, this is a cat. He's one of the most talking about Reed Grimm. Reed Grimm and Andy Oslin are two people that are the maybe the most natural improvisers I've ever met. It's just like they can't help but improvise. Like yeah. everything is a jam to them. And they can like see the song in it all. Like it's really just a wild spirit. They're not afraid to create a song on the fly. A at any given moment. And and they have there's no like they're not self-conscious about it. They just let it go. And that Yeah. I think that's how you can freestyle rap. I think that's how you can tap dance and improvise mm -hmm. you get out of your head and you just let it flow from your heart yeah the headiness yeah. is for class when you're like learning and you're like right memorizing and all these things that's very important too right but so you have to throw it away too right just like the arms are important you have to know how to hold your upper body you have to know how to i mean that's always going to be important pour de bra <laughs> you have to know how to wear a bra you have to no, know how to pour de bra oh Oh, the, the porta bra. Oh, Come right, on. right, right. Yes, yes. Oh, you live with a ballet teacher, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, she would not like that joke anyway. She's like, <laughs> "Who's the dad here with that joke?" Come sometimes on. the dad jokes hit. Sometimes they don't. Oh <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> work I in was, progress. I was. I always do this cheeky dad joke. What it's is it? So bad, and I did it on my class for the Dance Life Teacher Conference. Shout mm -hmm. out to Reed Gold and all the amazing people yeah. over there. Really I, I got to watch some folks. of that too. Yeah, it's so inspiring. 
And uh, <laughs> I do this joke always, and I, I, I don't know why I can't stop doing it. But I say, okay, try it again. Three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And the kids are doing the step. And then I stop and I go, Privet, Cog de Law, Moscow, St. Petersburg, no? And they go, what was that, Russia? Ru are you speaking Russian? And then I go, wait, you guys don't speak Russian? And then they say, no. And then I go, oh, that trips me out because a second ago you were all Russian. <laughs> it's the worst. Dude, it's the cheesiest dad joke ever. And I did it on my online pre-recorded, my pre-recorded dance life class. I, for some reason, couldn't help myself but to do that joke and think I was funny something's wrong with me i got i think that's part of it though with a dad joke you have to be willing to risk got, falling completely flat i got a daditis man i got full-blown daditis if you are not afraid to fall completely flat you've got nothing to lose you can walk on any stage with all the confidence necessary yeah that's what clowning teaches you is like you walk out and that's enough already i always tell the kids if you don't take any chances you won't make any advances in your days, your ways, or your dances. For a second, I thought you rhymed dances with the dances there for a second, but if no. If you don't take any chances, you won't make any advances <laughs> in your days, your ways, or your dances. Right. All right. Very good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the clarification. Very good. You're just full of rhymes, though, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's I always thing. say this one to it all It makes sense that you're going to make some rap songs. All like, the dance what? peeps out there, dance is not a destination. It's a mode of transportation. Enjoy every step with inspiration and perspiration and motivation, and grace will follow you every step, every eight, every phrase, and every stage of your journey through life. Dance is not a destination. It's a mode of transportation. Truth. See, look at that. You tune in. You got some truth today. Keep moving. That's right. And feel the fire. Don't fight the fire. Feel it. So September 3rd. Share it. A bunch of people around you right now are just like wicks, just needing to be lit by that fire that you get and got. It's more than a thought. It's a feeling. It's provoked. It's a wind. It's evoked. It's more. It's always more. And it's always going to keep coming. Does the wind ever stop because you used it for something? No, it just keeps going. That, that river just runs. So don't be afraid of the current. Get in the current. Use it. Feel it. God. Remain buoyant. Yeah, go. Do it. Share. Uh, collaborate. Talk about it. Get pumped about it. You know? Like, if, if, if somebody else comes to you and you are the wick for them, mm. be the wick. You know? Change. Observe. Grow. Be flexible. <laughs> be lenient. Be mobile. Dance is always moving. You know? On Planet Dance, there's so many things, you know, like one hour there's a flamenco class, the next hour there's a contemporary jazz class, the next is tap dancing. Like there's all these different forms and each form has a style and a technique and a history and a mystery, you know. Behold, just be so thankful to be a part of that tree. Like, oh, just get in there. <laughs> if we ain't getting better, we're just getting deader. Let's go. Keep it going. Let's grow. <laughs> Come on. Get your dose, y'all. Let's go. Get a dose of it every time. Stay lit. So is lit a thing that we can say after you're 30? Is that, is that like a thing? Like, what are the terms that you probably shouldn't say after 30? 
<laughs> I don't care about none of that. None of it. Zero. Uh, Get what, lit. What can and stay we say? Lit. What can't we say? You know, what's hip? What's professional? You know, come on. Come on. Express yourself, you know? Does a swear word mean a lot to you right now? Say it. Boom. You know? Does it mean a lot to you right now? Is that how you truly feel right now? Say it. If, yeah. you, if you don't want to say it, if you want to think about it first, then think about it. Don't just sit in the in-between zone for all day. You know, make it count. I used to mark these episodes all as explicit just by default. And then I stopped doing that because I realized I never sat here and swore. It's not that I don't want to. If I wanted to swear, I would. It's just I don't find it flowing through me in that way when I happen to be doing these. I don't know. If I did, I would. And then yeah. I would, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. But interesting. So, I thought I'd be swearing a lot more on here, some, I guess is my point. <laughs> sometimes I might get in trouble for this. Sometimes if I'm teaching a class of high school age students. Yeah. And sometimes if they're not understanding or willing to come outside of themselves to get to the lesson I'm trying to teach them. Yeah. I can feel that their energy is closed and they're just trying to get through this hour or whatever it is. Right. And I can feel this strong pullback. And they're not willing to get in the river. They're not willing to understand or even attempt to understand the education I'm trying to get them. Even if it's just like rhythm or weight change, form, sure. history, whatever I'm trying to teach. And if they're not willing to jump in there, I'll just go on something. And I'll be like, bullshit. And as soon as you swear once, is they're like, Ding! their attention's right with you. And you're like, bullshit. I'm not playing it today. <laughs> None of it. We came here to dance. Your parents are paying for this. They're sacrificing for this. Yeah. You know, this is an opportunity for us all. I'm thankful. Let's get in here. Don't give me that bullshit. And I say that, and you say like four or five times in a row like that with passion and conviction. And they're like, oh, he's swearing. Oh, okay. We better get in here. (laughs) He piqued my interest. I'm listening now. (laughs) Yeah. This guy's crazy, man. This little fellow is really pumped. He's swearing. I think he just spit two freestyles, did an inspirational speech, and swore. All because of something about tap dancing. I love it. Hey, that's, that's what it brings out of you. Exactly. That's I'm, what happens. And, and how, I, I'm telling you, I'm the luckiest dude. We grew up in a situation, too, where if you acted disrespectful toward the teacher ever, you weren't going to have a, yeah, that wasn't going to fly, ever. No, 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 no. That no, never no. flew. Right. Different times, though. Different times, different motions, different movements, different ideas, different ideologies. It was one thing different. to be disrespectful to the teacher that, was, that were our teachers growing up. But if you were disrespectful to another teacher and they saw that, they were, it was even worse. It was bad. They're, how dare you? <laughs> like, it was bad. How dare you not go up to them at the very end of class and thank them and, and sometimes even like, you know, give them a hug or a yeah, high five like or Sarah, something? Like Sarah, Sarah Rice, she said, respect the dance. You know, that's yeah. all she's got, respect the dance. Yeah. Yeah, man. Shout out to her. She's the truth, man. She's dope. Shout out to Chloe. Shout out to Chloe Arnold. She's always dropping amazing content, inspiring so many young people, young girls. Chloe and Maude, the syncopated ladies. Inspiring young women to be empowered Mm -hmm. and artistic and, you know, loud and proud and just beautiful with their expression. Uh, Melinda Sullivan, you know, all these amazing Michelle Dorrance. Michelle Dorrance, you know. Oh, man, one of my favorite follows. There's a lot of really good tap dancers in the world nowadays. There's bazillions. So many good people. One of my favorite follows is because he's obviously an amazing tap dancer, but he's like always makes me laugh laugh out loud. Yeah. He did this one where he's a clerk, his uh, Jared Grimes. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the one? I I didn't see the new one. He's the Target. It's probably a month or two old. Okay. He's being a clerk at Target. (laughs) Dude. 
or a store. He's like being the clerk. Yeah. And he's doing like the the scanner. This thing made me laugh for like an hour straight. I was me and Brittany were laying it. in bed just watching this video. <laughs> <laughs> he's dude. He's like, ping, ping, ping. <laughs> he's spot on. He he was the one that choreographed Forty Second Street when they remounted it, and it was Andy was in that one over at the Ordway. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. great audition. I, I I really enjoyed the audition. He was it was it was fun to be in an audition room with him even, and great combo that he taught. Yep. That was fun. Yep. Do you remember watching him perform for the first time? I'll never forget it. Was that uh, with the North Carolina Youth Chap Ensemble? Vienna, Austria. Bringing it back to Vienna again. Yeah. All right, there we go. He Somebody had pulled out. Gil Stroming, maybe? They were also in St. Louis as somebody well. Somebody got sick. Do you remember this? And they, they couldn't do their solo. I think it might have been Gil. He was supposed to do his solo. And then Jared had to just jump in day of and do the solo. Do you remember this? I mean... And he that just, would have, Jared's ready to do that at any moment. I know, but he <laughs> w- it was amazing. Yeah. It was just amazing. He jumped in and stole the show. I think Gil was scared. He didn't want to go and perform. He wasn't sick. <laughs> 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 no, that man's making deals all over the place. Whatever happened, I know that we witnessed Jared solo that night. He's like, you know what? And none of Let's us have kids, Jared do the solo tonight. You know, none of us kids that were there did a solo except for him. And he was, I mean, he was probably 17, 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, they were still in high school. Yeah. We were all. You weren't. No, I'd gra- I could actually order a beer, I think, at that point. Yeah, we all could because they weren't carding us in Or No, Vienna. you know what? I, I, I think I turned 21 the next summer when we went to Finland. Mm-hmm. Then uh, yeah, wow, it's been a journey. Great trip. It's been a journey. They had really good beer in Vienna. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the sausages—they had these I'll Vienna sausages. You go up to these carts at night. Yeah, that I'll was the only thing forget, open. Man, I came out of tap class. I forget whose class it was, and I came out of class, and it was like ten a.m. And I see Andy, <laughs> and he's sitting there at an outdoor table at this beautiful courtyard. And it's just beautiful. It looks like a movie. And it's his back. And in front of him, right over his shoulder, I can see this giant beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was glass. And he was like, great. Just having a beer. Top of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just giving to me over here. <laughs> I'll never forget that memory. It was so great. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Let me just give a shout-out since I'm thinking of all the beautiful people and all the stories. Do it. Just wanted to give a shout-out to my main, my Michael Keefe, man. Michael Keefe, Chris Rutledge. Two, yeah. other, two other guys I got so many stories with and yeah. tap people and, yeah, love. I just I just sent Rutledge an envelope in the mail. I hope he received it by now. Oh, man. Stories! We got these new Have Tap Shoes Will Travel stickers, and I had to, had to mail some out to some people. I don't have one. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're, they they work really nice on your water bottles. They're the three-inch round ones. I got a hat for you. Rhythm Street Boom. Movement hat. Yes. Merch. Yes. <laughs> merch. And support artists at this time. If you, have, if you know of artists that are selling some merch, if you know some friends that are in a band and they've got like a T-shirt or they got a, a CD for sale, pick one up. You know, it's like it's a little something, but it's, it's, it's nice when you can, when, when people feel the support from their fans and by buying things like that 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 always kicks a little something extra in the bucket and that's always greatly appreciated yeah support artists support 
How do you get one of these Rhythm Street Movement hats? Uh, come to our Revive the Vibe tour. Do you, are they on August your site? August 29th and 30th. We'll be posting that on Facebook Boom. and Instagram. Revive the Vibe. Revive the Vibe. Yep. Rhythm Street Movement. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Everything's dot com nowadays. Yeah, I've been looking on Google, uh, Google domains, and yeah. you can, they have all the different ones, dot show, dot ninja, dot, there's all different kinds of things on there nowadays. Nice. Yeah, you, there's so many different, what do you call them, suffixes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do dot com anymore, you can do dot info, dot red, dot, dot tap. I, I didn't see dot tap yet. Dot dance? Dot dance, I believe they do have. Nice. Yeah, there there are some cool dot other things that you can check into it's a lot of fun let's go it's free to to scroll through and browse them why am i plugging google you already know about google get out of here you don't need that yeah well yeah utilize that internet man don't just fight footage thing and 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 one thing i always tell my kids man i'm saying be aware of your attention you know value your attention like it's more valuable than money and when other people give you attention value it you know Try to do something with it. Think of it as a physical thing. And when they give you that physical thing, do you just throw it on the ground? No. And try to collect more? I see so many of these kids on the internet TikToking, just collecting attention, just like trying to get piles of attention. Like, what are you going to do? Take all that attention to a storage space and just fill it all up, then get a second storage space to fill it all up? If you have no goal, if you have nothing to say or do with all that attention, stop collecting it. You're just having it so you can feel better about something that's empty in you. Feel that space inside of you with something powerful, the skill set and empowerment of your voice. Find your voice. And then when you have attention, it doesn't need to be a thousand attentions. Just one will do because you can do something with it and then give it back to that person. And then they can go pay that forward. That's how attention works. Stop collecting it for no reason. All right. Stop thinking you're so sexy with your little TikTok moves. All right. That doesn't have value. That's not going to add value to your life and your story. Stop with that. Stop playing. Stop tricking yourself. Okay? Those little thumb, double thumb clicks got no value in your life. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I, I said that exact same thing to a kid recently. And you know what he told me? Okay, boomer. Oh, I got daditis, <laughs> baby. I got daditis. I'm just man, an old she, man. The thing is, I'm not mad at them though. Like kids, kids want some attention. They're bored. They don't. They they didn't get to go to school. They didn't get to do their recital. They their outlet where they get an audience nowadays is online, and that's where they're supposed to be taking class. Like a lot of there's a lot on kids right now. I don't know if I would have been able to do as well as some of these kids are doing nowadays. I have to give a shout out to the kids. I know it's not easy. It's oh, not easy. None I of that feel. is easy. My it wasn't heart. easy when there wasn't a pandemic. It You're wasn't right. easy when it was the 90s. You know, we right. you didn't even have internet in your pocket. You're right. You had to come home and sign on to AOL.com. You're right. So, you know, I'm not mad at you. Yes. <laughs> you, as you get, as you, I'm not even going to say as you get older, as you continue moving forward and gaining experience doing what you're doing, you're going to find ways to get your art out there. And some of these skills are very valuable that you're learning. And frankly, you do some of these things way better than the people that are older than you. You know how to get the word out about things. You know how to build followers. Like You have a lot of valuable talents that people that are twice your age would love to know about. So don't underestimate yourselves. And also, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. I mean, keep, keep making stuff. Keep doing cool things and showing the world 
how it's supposed to be. You're going to have to take over eventually. Yeah. This is this is going to be your world if I it t- isn't already. Rick, I'd like to stop you right there and say I take back that whole thing about TikTok. <laughs> Y'all keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, if if I, I'd be doing the same thing if I was 15. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do. I, who knows? Hard to quantify. Would my parents say, I don't know. I don't know. What kind of phone would I even have? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> would you have the newest iPhone? I don't think so. I think no. I'd still be on a flip phone at that point. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, flip phones. Rest in peace, flip phones. And shout out to your tracker because that was a dope ride. Man. And shout out to that, uh, make them say, uh, uh, na 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 na. Was that Master P? Master P, Mystical. What was the? What was their? It wasn't. What was uh, No Limits version of Lil Kim? Like there was like the the one lady rapper who. She was on there. She was on that. Make him say uh. Then at the very end, he got mystical, just tearing it up. Yeah. Every time. Always. They'd always save him for last because he'd just blow everyone out of the water. Like, Have you heard that song he did? He did a song with, oh man, it's so fire. And it's with, uh, uh, who's the guy that did Uptown, Uptown Funk? Funk. Ah, Mark Ronson. Yes. Yes. Have you heard that mystical oh, song yeah. with Mark Ronson? Yeah. Oh man, that's the best song. I'm trying to remember, like I can hear it in it's my head. It's like, but but It's got this something. James Brown yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that you can get excited to, like backstage before you go on stage. Get your warm up. Let's go. Man. I'm different. I'm old now. I warm up with like yoga music and like stretch for an hour. Man. I know I'm old. Dude, recently I played some. <laughs> I played some Family Values tour. I found that there's some songs from the Family Values tour that are on iTunes and listened to some of the corn set from, <laughs> from back in the day. Wow. I was like, dang, they were rocking those audiences, man. Yeah. I have to say, there was a time when corn felt good, sounded really good. Yes. Angst. Back in the day when people were in mosh pits and like Angst. slamming around. Yes. You can't do, you can't have a COVID mosh pit anymore. No. Man. I, yeah, I hope that comes back. Moshing? Can, or? Hope, yeah, just the idea of getting a couple thousand people together and they all go in front of a stage and somebody stands up on that stage and makes music and everyone just gets close. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that energy. It, it's coming back. Well, they can, yeah, it's ancient. You can't yeah, stop it. I mean, there have been ripples in over time. You know, like it, it continues happening. It will happen again. We will get through it. Mm-hmm. We will continue doing it. And those kids are going to make more TikTok videos. And you know what? I'm not mad at you. Yeah, sorry I gave you the rant. That was just, <laughs> that was just me being an old, old Okay, so man. speaking of that, you, you mentioned your birthday earlier. You're going to be dropping your new rap yeah, music on, on September 3rd. Uh, in two days, I'm having my birthday. Oh! And that you, birthday to My goal you. is to be putting this up Happy on my birthday. birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Rick. Happy birthday to you. See, that's Ricky's got the talent, man. He's got he he doesn't need auto tune. He doesn't need all that. Oh. 
But my point was, I realized that it's episode number 42. Let's on my go. 42nd Let's birthday, I'm dropping go. it. Are you ready for this? Let's go. I hope you're ready for Let's it. Let's go. Dude, have tap shoes will travel. Yeah. Episode 42 coming up. Have tap shoes will travel. I'm so thankful that you're all checking this out. My original goal was to do 52 episodes. Let's go. It was like, I have to at least get through the first 52 because that's a full deck. I think I was in like the third one or something. It was cold. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. over by, uh, it was like that, that place where you the go riddle to the room. locker room. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. We did our first episode in an escape room. Well, the first episode where I had a guest. I had done a couple on my phone. They sound like crap. Episode one, two, and three or <laughs> whatever. Let's Oddly go. enough, though, a lot of people listen to episode number one. Let's go. Everyone wants to know where it starts. That's you know? right. But now I can't help but wonder, like, if I go back and listen to the quality of episode one versus this one, this is going to be the best sounding one yet. Yeah. If you ain't getting better, you're just getting deader. Let's That's right. go. <laughs> Ricky, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you. And here is the upcoming, we're going to be playing the, the tap jam, that playing some of that. Maybe we'll cut to a song or something after that. I don't know what happens, but keep listening because there's still more going on. But uh, yeah. Love and happiness. Shaving a haircut. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> Dab. And stinky leg. We did it! Yes! Touchdown. We did another one. We made it. That's three. We're on fire. That's three, folks.
Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. The podcast hosted by Rick Osland is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us today on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, have tap shoes will travel. Have tap shoes will travel.